from NJ.com. This is Talk is Cheap, a New York Giants podcast. We're talking big blue football all year round. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 88 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined, as always, by James Cratch and Dan Duggan. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media. Dan is back from uh, a week without the podcast last week. I don't know how he made it, but he's back. I think his batteries are recharged. So we're, all three of us are here as we count down the days. I believe the moment we're recording this, we're about 17 days or so away from the NFL draft, which will be um, in Philadelphia on April 27th, at least the first round will be. So, James, as we sit here and we start this thing off, we're going to do offense this week. We're going to look at the offensive players, how they might fit the Giants, and kind of a Giants look on the offensive side of things. Next week we'll do defense, and then we'll make our draft predictions and, and kind of count everyone down as we get to the draft that week. But, James, I'm looking at your mock draft, your latest one, NJ.com. On Monday morning we record this podcast, and you have a player I'm sure Giants fans have familiarized themselves with at number 23. You have Christian McCaffrey. So it's almost like you got us started on the right foot here, James, with offense. That's uh, not really what I was trying to do. I mean, I just you hit the fanspeak.com button and it shoots out what it shoots out. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's good timing. I think Christian McCaffrey is one of those the top offensive names you've kind of heard in connection with the Giants. And he's a guy who I think seems to have the fan base a little bit divided. So I think he's an interesting uh, player, prospect for them. Well, Dan, first, welcome back. And two, uh, your first thought on that, that idea, and, and this offensive general, general 23, McCaffrey offense, and, and how, was your, uh, how was your week off, man? It's good to be back, although it was, it was also nice to be uh, on vacation out in Phoenix for a week, so that was pretty good. Um, as far as McCaffrey, I think he's a really interesting guy. I think that this offense needs playmakers. I think that was evident last year. Uh, that was, you know, there's a lot of problems with the offense. I think you can certainly point to the fact that they, you know, they didn't have any real playmakers uh, in their backfield. You know, Paul Perkins obviously came on uh, late in the season, uh, but he, you know, he needs help. And I think a guy like McCaffrey uh, is very intriguing. And I think the interesting, interesting thing about him is that he can do so many different things. So it's not like you're drafting him to be your number one running back. You're drafting him to be a running back, uh, a slot receiver, a returner on special teams. So uh, he's a really intriguing guy. And like James says, he's a little bit of a polarizing guy. Uh, but if he's there at 23, and I don't really think he will. It seems like his, his stock is on the rise a little bit. Uh, but if he is there, I think the Giants have to think long and hard about adding a guy like that to their offense. Yeah, of course. I mean, they do. And he's a guy that, yeah, his stock is rising. I, mean, I saw last week Peter Schrager of NFL Network said he's not going to get to the top 10. I've seen a lot of mocks to him at the Eagles at 14. Uh, and, James, just the idea of adding offense, which is the theme of this this podcast. Look, the Giants offense, despite the names, wasn't very good last year. We know that. The defense carried the team. But they did get Brandon Marshall, right? They did go out and add a tight end slash H-back in the offseason. So the Giants have improved their offense here. Do you think we're looking at a team that truly – you know, at 23 is, is going to go best player available? Or do you think there's, if they had to lean one way or the other, they would lean one way or the other at 23? I think it's a best player. I mean, yeah, I think it's a best player available thing. Now, I've said this for a while now. I think when it's all said and done, the chances are the Giants are going to take a defensive player just because the, well, this is a very good draft class, it seems. It seems like more of the top level talent in the depth is on the defensive side of the ball. I also could, you know, and we'll get to this in a second. I could, I don't think they're going to take a quarterback in the first round, but I, I could see them doing it. I, I think a lot of fans who have been talking about this kind of like, oh, the Giants are all in, you know, 
the draft is not like you don't use the NFL draft to try to win the Super Bowl that year. You use the draft to build your team for the future and put yourself in position to win the Super Bowl for years to come. So I don't think the Giants have to necessarily go into this draft saying we need to fix a hole and get a day one starter and this guy is going to get us over the hump. Now, if that happens, that'd be great. And of course, when you draft a guy in the first round, you want him probably to play a lot in this rookie year. But I don't think the Giants necessarily have to do that. I think they're in a good spot at 23. They have an improved roster on paper. They still have holes, but nothing you know devastating that's going to really hinder them. Maybe a little you know issues here and there. So they can kind of let the draft come to them and take a pick. Uh, that being said, I, I do agree with Dan. I, I do think they need playmakers. And McCaffrey's a guy who would fill multiple roles uh, if they get creative, which I know we all talk about the Giants getting creative on offense, which is hard. You know, They didn't really do that last year. Maybe having the personnel would change that, though. Yeah, well, it certainly could. I'm gonna give, it would give Ben McAdoo more options there. And, Dan, James just mentioned the quarterback and the, the idea of that. And we, and we could get into this a, a lot here because this has been a theme ever since – Right at the end of the season, when the Giants acknowledge that they're going to start thinking about the next quarterback here. And I think for the first time in a long time, Giants fans have had their eye on uh, who are those quarterbacks. Where do you sit with that, Dan? The, the idea that if they take one in the first round, you know, with a hindrance on this year's team, do you think they have to draft for this year or, uh, in the first round? Or do you think if the quarterback's there, they're going to take the quarterback? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I feel like this topic really heated up uh, while the week I was away. And obviously, you know, uh, I wasn't working, but I still had, you know, you get Twitter on the phone when you're sitting by the pool. And, and I think it's a topic me and James probably would disagree on. Uh, I think it's crazy. I, I don't understand even where the thought comes from that they should take a quarterback in the first round. I don't know if it's the, the Aaron Rodgers effect that one time it worked out perfectly with the pick in this range. But other than that, I mean, I have to go back and look. How many quarterbacks taken 23 become franchise quarterbacks anyways? And I just don't think that this team – I don't think it would make any sense for this team with Eli having three years left on his contract and you know really no signs that he's not going to play out that contract to take a quarterback that high – uh, I mean, even if it's the second round, I would have less of a problem because then you're talking 55 and, you know, every round you go down, it's a little more of a crapshoot. But I think there's a there's a good draft. I think there's a good chance they get a player at 23 who can step in and help immediately. I, I'm looking back through their first round picks. I don't even know how far back you'd have to go to find a player they took in the first round who didn't play immediately. Now, maybe a guy like Eric Flowers hasn't developed as well as they would have liked, but he's been on the field from day one, you know, every snap, basically, you know, Eli Apple, Odell, Justin Pugh, and on and on. I just don't think they're in a position where they can be thinking that far down the road. Like, now, I have no problem if they want to take one in the third, fourth, I mean, like I said, the second round, but I think the first round would be crazy. I think that there's going to be too many good players on the board that can help the team today and also the future. I mean, it's obviously not an either-or thing. I mean, I think they can get a player who can step in, help the team now, and be a part of the core going forward. Whereas if you take a quarterback at 23, you're basically saying, well, we're just going to not have a first-round pick this year. And, and you know, obviously, you hope maybe it cashes in four years down the line. Uh, to me, I don't know. I just think that this team is, is close enough to contending and uh, you know, for Super Bowl. And like James said, it's not an all-in thing. But I, I just think a quarterback would be a really strange pick. And I don't think they have uh, that luxury when they do have some holes that they could fill with good players at that spot. It's funny, before we move on, and James, I want to talk more about this, but when you said that, Dan, when you said the, in the 20s thing, I'm, I'm just quickly, as you were talking, I was looking back through 
the last decade or 15 years or so of drafts for quarterbacks, right? And obviously there's plenty of quarterbacks that should have been taken in the first round that fell. And I think that's kind of a different category, like a Russell Wilson or, a, you know, there's been good quarterbacks that have been taken. Tom Brady, obviously, that, that get taken later in the draft. But for whatever reason, outside of Aaron Rodgers, and, and we don't know about Paxton Lynch yet because he just got drafted last year, I can't find a quarterback taken in the 20s over the last 15 years that was a good player. It's just it's a weird spot. It doesn't mean the Giants can't find one, James, but that is weird. I can't find one. It's like guys that fell to the second round, like Drew Brees, third round Russell Wilson became good players. But that spot, for whatever reason, the 20s, does not have good quarterbacks. Now, James, I know you're on the other side of this. If the quarterback's there at 23 and they love him, you think they should take him? Well, yes and no. I think... I don't think the Giants are necessarily setting out to draft a quarterback in the first round. I just think the natural issue has been this is a really unique year for quarterbacks because, you know, you look at a guy like Trubisky and Watson and Mahomes and Kaiser, they could go in the first round, but they also could go in the second round. You know, I, I think there's this draft is going to play it one of two ways. I think either Mahomes and, and, and Kaiser and guys like that they're going to be taken in the second round, which is probably where, all things considered, they should be taken. And if that happens, I do think the Giants would very much be in play for one of them. Or, which I think is the more likely scenario, these teams are all going to overdraft quarterbacks, at which point, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think the Giants are going out to take a quarterback at number 23. And Dan is right. All things considered, it probably would be a very risky move. But if they are convinced that one of these guys is going to be a franchise caliber, you know, pro bowl perennial type of player, then I think that they're taking a big risk, potentially not drafting that player at 23. My guess is that all of those quarterbacks, you know, Trubisky, Watson, Mahomes, they'll all be gone before 23 and Kaiser might be gone too. It's just the quarterback position is so important in the NFL that I think that you're probably going to see, you know, if Trubisky and Watson go off early, then teams that are desperate are going to trade up. They're going to, you know, they're going to go all in uh, in another way and try to move up the board and get those quarterbacks. So I think the Giants will probably be doing what Dan is saying. But then again, you know, if those guys all go up in the first round, then Webb and Peterman, they're going to get pushed up into the second round. So I think that's the Giants are probably looking at all these top name quarterbacks, thinking that. What happens if things break like we don't expect and they all slide down the board? What should we do? So I my don't thought, think the Giants. Oh, sorry. My, my thought would be that um, there's so many teams in the NFL that need quarterbacks. <clears throat> Obviously, the Giants are going to trust their own evaluation. Um, <clears throat> but we're all trying to read tea leaves and whatnot. And we assume these guys, Trubisky and Watson, are going to be top top picks. And then if they slide down to the Giants, you say, uh, well, the Giants should take them. But it just seems hard to imagine a player would be worthy of taking a 23 for a team that doesn't need a quarterback if these quarterback needy teams in the you know top 10 or even the top 20 are going to let these guys slide. Well, maybe maybe they're just not that good. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say because obviously um, you know some teams don't have very good front offices and there's obviously a million mistakes made on players. But it just doesn't seem like this team needs to roll the dice in the first round. I mean, they, that, that's the luxury of having Eli Manning. It's like you know you have a starting quarterback for the next you know three seasons pretty much. I mean, obviously things can change, but that's got to be your mindset going in. So that's where they're in a good position where, like you said, some of these guys 
Uh, if they get overdrafted, well, maybe that means a guy like Peterman or or some of those mid-round guys slide a little bit, and then you're in a better position to take them. Because obviously, we've seen plenty of guys in those mid-rounds pan out better than you know early-round picks. So, to me, it's just it's hard for me to wrap my mind around uh, you know using the 23rd pick uh, on a quarterback. What about well, the I optics think- of it? I, I think this this keeps coming back. Like I, I understand. Like in a vacuum, and I'm in a vacuum more on James's side of all right. If the if they love the quarterback and he slips, and you know you have Eli's replacement, it makes sense to take him. And we I, we t- I think we touched on this like a month ago, but you know as it becomes more of a possible thing, I think it's it's more of something fans will will make a big thing here, right? Like if the Giants take a quarterback, I think everyone will say all right. You know when this guy when Eli's done, this guy's here now, but. James, I think you and I talked about this the last time we saw each other in the office. Like, we both know, we all three of us know, and everyone listening knows, the way the NFL works now. Guys play quicker. They don't sit as long. If Eli has three bad games in the middle of next year, you know what will happen. The fans will call for whoever this kid is that they've never watched before. It would be Pat Mahomes or Deshaun Kaiser or, uh, you know, Trubisky, whoever it is, to play. How do even the Giants weigh that, that the, the reaction – and how it could affect next season if they did take a quarterback really high. I mean, I tend to think that if you take a guy like Mahomes or Kaiser in like the second round, that I mean, obviously there's going to be some part of the fan base that's going to want to see that guy if Eli struggles. But I think that you can more sell those. These are project guys. You take a guy like Trubisky or Watson, they're kind of going to say, okay, this guy's pro-ready. I think basically the issue the Giants have to face, in my opinion, is this. We know that you basically cannot get us a, a franchise-caliber quarterback on the free agent market. They don't, that doesn't happen. And you don't want to be in a situation where, you know, whatever happens with Eli, I mean, in a perfect world, Eli uh, plays out, plays at a high level for the final three years of his contract, then he retires, and you've got a guy, and you just kind of switch over, and that's that. That doesn't really happen in the NFL. For all you know, Eli, his play could go off a cliff this season, next season, you know, you don't know. And I just, you know, my question about Ben, does Ben McAdoo want to do what the Eagles just did with, with Carson Wentz? I mean, is Ben McAdoo a coach that's going to want to start a rookie for 16 games and you know, slog through five and eleven, and that guy throwing twenty nine interceptions. I don't know. So that, I think that also has to be accounted. What does Ben McAdoo want to do? Does he want to develop a guy and then kind of have him ready to take over, or are they willing to just kind of, you know, bite the bullet for that year or two where nothing really happens? Yeah, and I mean, I think the thing about that is that's why I'm not saying don't draft a quarterback. I mean, that's why you know they again. I keep going back to this word luxury because you know Eli is going to be the man for two or three more years. Uh, you know, again, barring injury or like he says, play drops off a cliff. But even that would be really interesting. Could McAdoo pull the trigger on benching Eli for a young kid? That would be uh, a very interesting, interesting dynamic. So I definitely think they should take a quarterback probably this year. Maybe next year. Everyone says next year's quarterback class is supposed to be better. I mean, who knows? It's really easy to say that now. Um, but no, they should definitely. They should draft a quarterback here at some point. I mean, that's one thing that's really kind of interesting and strange. Since Eli took over, I mean, they really haven't done anything to bring in, uh, you know, a young quarterback in the draft to, to you know, groom even as a, a quality backup. I mean, Nassib was the closest thing to that, and obviously that didn't work out. But other than that, they really haven't drafted many quarterbacks. And if they have, it's been very late in the draft. I mean, I know it's easy to say do, you know, do things the way the Patriots do, but they've pretty consistently brought guys in in the 
top two, even three, four rounds uh, since Brady's been there. And if nothing else, you have a trade piece. But obviously, um, you know, if, if they want to make a move at some point down the line, they have a guy like Garoppolo there. Uh, so I think that's what the Giants' goal should be. And obviously, Garoppolo was a second-round pick. So that, you know, that is, you know, using some draft capital there. But still not a first-round pick. Just to me, the, the, the sticking point for me is first-round pick. Because, again, I think uh, you should be able to get a really quality player. Uh, it's less of a crapshoot, and you know, at other positions, those guys will be able to step in and and, and contribute right away. Um, I don't think that should be the end all be all, but all things being equal, I think you have a team that's really close to contending. Uh, I think you go for a guy who can step in and play from day one. Yeah, I think most teams would probably want to do that because they want to go win a championship last year. But James, like you were saying, you know, a lot of teams that win, uh, teams that have won recently, the rookies rarely play a big role. Do we make too big of a deal of that? I mean. It's the NFL draft. We're all going to get excited about it. You guys are going to cover it, you know, minute by minute over the next couple of weeks. But how much of whoever they take is really going to make an impact on if they can win the Super Bowl next season? You know, by what you were telling me last time we talked, James, it doesn't feel like as many as maybe the perception is. Yeah, I'm still kind of combing through the research. But what, from what I've found, and I'm going to do something on NGA.com later this week – there, you know, you have some rookies like obviously Jamal Lewis was a huge reason why the Ravens were able to win the Super Bowl in 2000. You know, number five pick out of uh, you know Tennessee, you know, was their leading rusher for an offense that really didn't have a great quarterback. But then again, I mean, you, the teams have won the Super Bowl with no first round pick. They've won the Super Bowl with their first round pick, basically spending the whole year on IR for, for an injury. So it's not like you necessarily add a first-round pick, and he's an impact player who kind of ca- helps get a team over the hump to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you know, it could help, but I, I think, you know, the teams that usually pick high, highest, uh, aren't very good, so they're not ready to go contend the next year. You know, obviously, I, it, the Lewis thing, the Ravens, this they had traded, made a draft they trade like a year earlier and they had somehow gotten the Falcons number one pick which ended up being top five so they kind of lucked out with that so I don't think obviously you want the first round pick to contribute and help you win as a rookie but just be even if the Giants were to draft a guy like Pat Mahomes and if he doesn't do anything in year one I mean that doesn't necessarily make mean they can't win the Super Bowl it just means that they took a different path Right, they took I mean, one, I think, and they're going to go with that and, and try to find that that kid on the field in a couple of years. Go ahead, Dan. I was just going to jump in. I think would be remiss. I think Giants fans would be all over us though, when you talk about rookies and draft picks contributing to Super Bowls. I mean, obviously that 2007 draft class, uh, you know, a lot of those guys made immediate impact and, and helped the team win a Super Bowl, and you're talking all the way down to the seventh round in Ahmad Bradshaw. So I don't think we can minimize that. Obviously, it's it's you don't know if that's going to happen, but I do think – when you, you know, it's the best player available. It definitely should be the strategy, and it really is the strategy. But if you do look at the players who could be there, you know, kind of get back to the the bigger picture of what we're talking about. If you just go, you know, you know, name some names. Like if you say Christian McCaffrey. If you say Garrett Bowles, the offensive tackle from Utah. If you say David Njoku, the tight end from Miami. Uh, you know, those three off the top of my head. Those are all three guys you could say, well, they're going to have a role if the Giants pick them. So, I mean, it's not quite as much like just trying to prospect, oh, would this guy fit with this guy? No, I mean, those three guys right there who would very much be in the mix at 23. I mean, I, I would be very surprised if they all wouldn't have not maybe a starting role, but a pretty significant role, or at least a path. I mean, obviously, if you bring Bulls in and he stinks and he can't beat out Bobby Hart and Eric Flowers, well, you, you probably made a bad pick. Um, but if you're drafting those guys, you are drafting them with the intention of, 
they can help us obviously down the road, but right away there'd be an instant need for a, a tight end like Najoku, a running back like McCaffrey or an offensive lineman, whether it's Bowles or Cam Robinson or, or Ramchek, whoever it may be. I think there there is a pretty clear line to playing time. So that again, that goes back to my, my kind of overall point, but uh, I just think that's probably important to note that this team does have some needs on offense that if they were going to draft a guy at 23, you would think he's going to step in and be a contributor. Obviously, you can't guarantee that, but that would be the intention. All right, let's go off of that because that, 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 you bring up a good point there, Dan. The, the, outside of the quarterback, what they do and how it impacts what this team's going to be right away when they take the field in 2017. James, off of what Dan just said, of those three potential – forget the players for a second, just the position, just like in theory with this question – what would help the Giants the most for next year at 23? And, and you, we know the names, like Dan just said, with McCaffrey and Najoku and Bowles. Offensive lineman, running back, or tight end, James? Like, which position, if they hit a home run at 23 and they didn't go quarterback, could help this offense get to the next level the most if, if they took him at 23? I'm going to say tight end just because for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, running back, you know, it could help, but again, I think the running back position is kind of a not really a premium position anymore. Offensive line seems like my my big thing about the offensive line is so how is this line being constituted? You know, it doesn't seem like the Giants are interested in necessarily moving Eric Flowers from left tackle. So that should make I mean, all our listeners bring, really happy on this uh, early yeah. Monday. <laughs> so I guess my point is, all right. So you draft Garrett Bowles or or Cam Robinson at 23 so what are you doing at that point you know are they going to play right tackle are they going to play left tackle you know because if they're going to play left tackle then you got to move flowers to to left tackle and that would kind of change the whole thing i don't really see the value in putting a guy like Bowles at at right tackle in year one and then flowers is bad again and we're going to switch out to the season so that's why i say tight end i think obviously oj howard would be the slam dunk pick Uh, i think the joke would have some value i don't know if the giants will necessarily take Najoku. i think if that was a situation, they might just kind of look to the second or third round to get a guy like Evan Ingram, Bucky Hodges. Uh, I don't, I don't know. If Giants fans think I'm nuts. I don't think it's necessarily a given that they're going to draft a tight end just because if if they, you know, they've never really gone hard at the tight end position in recent years, and if they truly think that Jarrell Adams could potentially develop into that type of player, given the fact they've added Red Ellis, and maybe they just give it another year before they really reassess and try to add a big piece there so I'll say tight end just because I don't know how the offensive line situation would shake out and how they would handle it and if that would might create more issues than you think Dan I want to go to you on this and then we'll do kind of a rapid fire I'm, I'm going to give you guys this should be fun I'm going to give you guys different players like a, a two players that could be both on the board at 23 and you tell me uh, who the Giants should take there but how about that for you going back to what you said a few minutes ago Dan those three positions the running back tight end offensive lineman perfect world right pick which position helps the Giants the most to win next year I think that with the way you worded that question of being, you know, perfect world and everything working out being a home run, I, I think it would have to be offensive line. I think the problem is, and kind of what James said, is it's it's less clear that obviously if you're doing it realistically, 
you look at the three guys, Ramchek, Bowles, and Robinson, are, are basically bandied about as the top three tackles in this draft. I mean, you could probably throw Farce Lamp in there, uh, but he's more of a guard, and Giants have less of a need there. Um, and the, the, the question is, would any of those guys be able to step in on day one? And there's plenty of legitimate questions if they would. But if you're talking about perfect world, then like let's just say they draft Garrett Bowles at 23. He comes in and knocks their socks off this spring. They say, wow, this guy is a huge upgrade. And, you know, I, I guess obviously left tackle, you would think. And then you could bump Flowers to right tackle. But even worst case, Bowles plays right tackle. You upgrade that position. Something like that I think would be ideal world. Again, maybe not the most realistic because – you're probably not getting a franchise-changing tackle at 23. You can step in on day one again. But if you're talking ideal world and what this team needs, because I think they can get by with what they have at tight end, um, you know, with Adams and Ellison. And like James said, running back is, is not as much of a premium position where I think they can get quality guys later in the draft. You're not going to get a tackle in the fourth round who's going to step in and push flowers, I don't think. I'd be surprised. So uh, if we're talking best case, perfect world for what this team needs. If they could get somehow a, a tackle who's a stud at 23 and is able to step right in, that would be uh, you know, definitely best case scenario. Yeah, and it'd be something Giants fans have been asking for for a long time, you know, to get a guy that could put there and, and not worry about on the offensive line. All right, let's go a little rapid fire. I have four pairs of of possible guys that could both be on the board at 23. Uh, I'll give you the pair, and then you tell me who the Giants would pick, uh, and just kind of as quick as you can off top of your head. All right, James, we'll start with you, all right? You alluded mm-hmm. to this this kind of scenario earlier, so we'll throw it at you. At 23, the Giants get on the clock. And both Deshaun Watson and Mitchell Trubisky are there. Who would the Giants take? Trubisky. So we go Trubisky at, over Watson. It, it's close. I just think that Watson, to me, you you look at the two, and this Watson, I you know, if this was a year ago, I would have said Watson, no doubt. But it just seems to me that Trubisky may, uh, you know, it's. You know what? I, I'm going to go back. You know, I go back and forth between these two. That's it's really, really tough. I, because, I mean, you look at you look at Trubisky and you think, okay, like he might be more of the prototypical pro style quarterback. But I'm going to switch back just because I, I, I'm you know I can't believe this. Thank I didn't I didn't hand the card in, guys. Just, just no. Doubt. Good thing you're not uh, running the draft board, James. Good thing I'm not running the draft. It's really tough because Watson he was so accomplished in college, and Trubisky doesn't have a whole, whole lot of experience. You know, I, I'll stick with Trubisky. That was my gut instinct, but that's really close. And holy I moly! Think, so who did he say? Did he say Trubisky or Watson? <laughs> I think I'm going to get mocked for this. I'm going to get mocked for this endlessly <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, I I'll go with my gut instinct, Trubisky, uh, but it's very close. Well, you're right. covered either way it goes because you've said both guys. You know, three different times there. I'm going to go Watson, short and sweet. I just, I, I put a, you know, I put stock, especially at that position, in, in what you did in college. And, and Trubisky, not much of a track record. Watson, obviously, uh, you know, was at the highest level, winner, uh, all those things. So I'd go with Watson. It's amazing when you think about projections and the names we hear for these guys. Like, and you mentioned a few seconds ago there, Dan, that we don't know much about Trubisky because he didn't play much in college. I've seen one comparison i read was well just like mark sanchez right he only played 12 games or whatever in college and then obviously there's been those comparisons aesthetically to a young aaron Rodgers. i mean that 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 is the two ends of the spectrum (laughs) and mark sanchez all right so we have we have two trubiskis there james i went watson oh you went Watson. that's right you went watson and james confused me and went with all (laughs) all two names twice so i'm going with trubisky all right trubisky for james watson there for dan all right now we'll do running backs and these two both could be there, though it's probably unlikely because all we're hearing about Christian McCaffrey and how much the NFL seems to love him. James, both on the board for the Giants at 23 and uh, assuming they would you know, take one of them. 
Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. Christian McCaffrey. Cook, too many red flags off the field, fumble issues. I just think McCaffrey do, does too much. He fits the Giants' offense better. Yeah, I'm in agreement. McCaffrey, basically exactly for the same reasons James said. I mean, and Cook really hasn't blown people away in this pre-draft process. I think McCaffrey, there's absolutely no red flags at all. Maybe people are a little worried about his size, but his versatility, I think, um, makes him kind of a no-brainer and like he would be such a great fit for the Giants. So definitely him. All right, let's jump back to the quarterbacks because this is always fun, and I especially want to see James on this one. Deshaun Kaiser, Pat Mahomes. And I guess we can assume on this that both Watson and Trubisky go before number 23. Giants are up at 23. They like both these quarterbacks. Which one? I wouldn't take either necessarily, but I'll take Pat Mahomes just because, I mean, Kaiser, he, he really didn't do it. He never was very successful at Notre Dame. I mean, the guy got benched. You know, he, he's way green, it seems. I would take Mahomes, but I'm not a I'm not big on either guy. I mean, Mahomes to me, just, it seems like, you know, air raid offense. It's just, I'm not I'm not big on either guy, but I'll t- say Mahomes because I got to pick someone. Yeah, I mean, for me, this would be like a question better for the second round because I wouldn't touch either one of these guys at 23. But if, if I have to choose, even if we're doing it for the first round, I'm going to go Kaiser. Uh, I just I'm I'm such not a believer in these air raid quarterbacks. Um, you know, Mahomes looks the part and everything, but would he be able to run McAdoo's offense? I, I'm not uh, a big believer. Kaiser definitely has his own question marks, but I think there's probably better tools that'll translate. And, and again, if you were going to draft a guy like that again, maybe in the second round, he would have time to learn behind Eli. So I think he'd have a better chance of developing, but and I'd, I'd stay away from both of these guys if, if it really came down to it. All right, let's go offensive line for our final one for this week. Garrett Bowles, Cam Robinson, both on the board. Giants go safe. They go offensive line. James, who you got? Going with Bowles. I just think he's he's more athletic. Uh, they both kind of have some off-field you know, concerns for teams. But, I mean, when Garrett Bowles spoke at the Combine, he basically hit, hit on like every Giants buzzword about offensive line play and style. Uh, you could definitely see him and Pew and Richburg, you know, kind of being uh, contingent that, that rolls, you know, together in the locker room and everything. Uh, big guy, athletic. I think he is the most upside of these three offensive tackles, uh, although it's, he's far from a sure thing. So I will say Bowles. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think Bowles, and basically, like James said, I was pretty much won over at his combine press conference, which probably tells you why I'm not a you know an NFL scout. But he was he was impressive. You don't see too many guys up get up at the podium and talk about wanting to drive guys into the dirt and talking about how mean and nasty he plays. And, and there's nothing more a coach I would imagine wants to hear from his offensive linemen. So, uh, like you know, like James said, both guys have some question marks, but. Uh, Bowles has that just kind of that mean, nasty, intangible that I don't think you can teach. And uh, like I said, I think he'd fit in really well with this locker room, with this offensive line. So uh, I think he's definitely a guy who will be in consideration at that pick. And, and that's the guy I would choose if it comes down to him and Robinson. All right, let's 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 end with this this week, and we'll keep doing this. Next week, we'll go through all the defense of questions and thoughts on the Giants for 23 and really beyond that for the rest of the draft. And then we'll come back the week of the draft and do uh, a big you know draft preview and, and give final thoughts on who you guys think it could be at 23. So let's get your gut right now as you guys sit here on, what is this, Monday? We're doing this Monday morning, April 10th. So we're 17 days away from the first round down in Philadelphia What's your gut feeling right now on who will be the Giants pick? And if, if you guys change your mind in a week, that's all right. We won't hold it to you. Uh, we'll start with James. We'll go to Dan. Gut feeling right now, 17 days out. Wow. Um, you know, I've gone back and forth. Uh, 
and it, there's all kinds of you know misdirections and smoke screens and who knows what's what. Um, I've been kind of heavy on the Zach Cunningham train in recent weeks. Uh, starting to slow down a little bit just because I'm kind of learning more about him and, and how he fits and how, you know, like Mel Kuyper didn't even have him in the first two rounds of his mock draft. So I, I kind of wonder if he might not necessarily be, uh, you know, a guy that at 23 might make sense. I'm going to, uh, for now, I'm just, I'm going to say McCaffrey, which I mocked on Monday, just because I fought, I just, top 10 to me just seems like, it's a little bit too high. It's like McCaffrey seems he's like a yo-yo. It's like he's in the top ten, and the next week people say he's going to be in the second round, and you know everyone's putting him at the Eagles, but I don't think he's going to get. To, it's just so I'll say McCaffrey right now because I think that you know twenty to twenty-five seems like the fair range for McCaffrey, but uh, that's obviously subject to change, and I'm sure I'll change my mind like nine times, like I did with Watson Trubisky. <laughs> it won't surprise us at all. all right, so Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> James, that that's his pick. Uh, Dan, what what's your gut feeling? Uh, a little less than three weeks out. Yeah, I mean, I could see McCaffrey happening if I want to just be different. And uh, I think the guy who I don't know if the Giants going to pick him. I'll be straight up honest with that. But the guy who's really intriguing to me as I as I kind of get more into this is Hassan Reddick from Temple. Uh, I know he might not even be a perfect fit because I guess he's you know maybe more of a projects more as a three four outside linebacker. But I think for you know what the Giants do, uh, you know they need more pass rushing help, and, and maybe I, I've thought that they'd go defensive end, but maybe it is going to be tough to get guys snaps with JPP and Vernon there for the next four years. Um, so Reddick would be a guy you could play, you know, on you know, the weak side in the four three, and especially in passing situations, I, I think it'd be a really a, a nice fit to to bring a pass rusher from the second level, which they really don't have at all. I mean, they had no pass rush from the linebackers last year, so. Uh, he's a guy I need to do a little more, you know, digging on and see if he actually would fit with the Giants. But he's just a really intriguing guy. And again, I think that that would be a dynamic that, that really helped this defense is to get a pass rushing linebacker. And obviously, we know they were interested in Leonard Floyd last year, so uh, maybe Reddick can can kind of be the the year later version of that. Um, so that's what I'm gonna go with as of right now. You know what? That'd be a fun one. And he's a guy that has went way up the boards. I mean, I, I didn't even really hear his name when the Feel like the college football season started, and he's obviously had a great combine and pro day and all that kind of stuff. And he's a good player. And yeah, he might not even be there at twenty three at, at the rate his you know stock seems to be soaring. He might. If the Giants have to choose between McCaffrey and Reddick at twenty three, I'd imagine they'd probably be excited because it feels like <laughs> those guys uh, are rising fast. All right, guys, this was fun. We're the three of us are back together. We'll do it again next week, and then once again before the twenty seventeen draft in Philadelphia, April twenty seventh. James, as always, appreciate it. You got it, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Good to be back. We're glad to have you back on the podcast. Thanks to all of you for listening to episode 88 of Talk is Cheap right here on NJ.com.